1: What happened in the NFC Championship game, especially with Brock Purdy and having his elbow, I guess, messed up in the game and having to, having to quit playing, yeah, it's not so good if you're a Bucks fan and you want to see Tom Brady again. Now, look, Tom Brady hasn't made any announcements. He hasn't decided whether he's going to play again. None of that has been out there publicly, at least for now. But we talked about this, Steve, going into the NFC championship games, or the championship games in general, that, you know, it mattered how Brock Purdy was going to play. In this case, it mattered that he got hurt, and not just hurt. But according to my sources, Adam Shifter reporting that Brock Purdy tore the ligament in his throwing elbow, putting his status for the start of the next season in question. So here's what happened. It's the... Uh, the ucl right it's it's what it's tommy john i mean basically you know the the team the doctors have recommended that he have surgery so it's the owner collateral ligament in his right elbow he's going to seek a second opinion but usually when the team that has the most estate tells you you should probably get surgery you're probably going to get that same sort of diagnosis out there so it says in the story that i read that the repair of the elbow typically would lead pretty to be sidelined for six months, which means that he could return close to the start of training camp. A reconstruction though okay, would sideline him into the twenty twenty three season. Um for most of it. I don't know, you know, I don't know if it's different than pitchers, Steve, but like correct me if I'm wrong. If you get if you have full Tommy John surgery, if there's a rupture, right? in, in that ligament, you're pretty much done for the year. Are you not?
2: Uh, you know, in baseball, what? It's like a 15-month recovery? Something like that,
1: yeah. Although, I mean, you start throwing before then. You do stuff, but you're not high-velocity, right. full go, let it rip, you know, right. game speed, right? No, I don't
2: know how the football player's motion in the elbow and that would be different than a mm-hmm. baseball player. I don't you know. I mean, the way you torque your elbow and stuff is very different than the way you throw a football. That's probably true. So I, it, it, how that affects the timeline of that, hard to tell. Yeah. I mean, what, Tyler Glasnow came back, what, he had surgery in, was it June or July of 21? Mm-hmm.
1: And he was came pitching. All, he was September, back in games October. by
2: September of 2022. Yeah. Late September, yeah. So, you know, I mean, now granted, you know, he was throwing before then in simulated games and then did some minor league rehab and stuff to build up, but. If, yeah if you're having reconstruction surgery on that if, if that's what's needed right i can't imagine that you're going into the you're you're going into the off season thinking he's going to be ready for the beginning of the season well you have it, to assume is, he's not that,
1: yeah that's that's the point the point is what can the 49ers count on right like even if he's back um what's his velocity going to be is he going to be is he going to be able to compete with Trey Lance for the starting job, which is what you would have expected had everything not gone sideways and him not got not have not gotten injured. Lance by the way, he had you know, he's had a fractured uh, leg, he's had a couple of ankle injuries. He's supposed to be back. Jimmy Garoppolo is a free agent. So as a, as we sit here today with you know, the prospect of Brock Purdy um going on you know this this injury, this surgery. The only healthy guy that they can count on right now, I would think, going into training camp next year, and I don't know what his status will be for the off season in terms of OTAs and and, and all that mini camps. But it's it's Trey Lance, and that's it. Jimmy Garoppolo, free agent. So, hello, Tom Brady. I mean, if there was ever in my mind a time when the 49ers... Might want to swallow hard and say, you know what, we didn't do it in 2020. Um, we talked about it, but we couldn't pull the trigger because Garoppolo had just won, uh, taking us to a Super Bowl. And we lost, but we had signed him to a big, long-term contract. Um, we didn't do it when, even though Tom was came back out of retirement, but when he was in retirement. He was still talking to people about leaving the Bucks, including the going to the Dolphins, and that wound up costing him a draft pick. But, you know, San Francisco was some place that would have been okay with him. That never transpired. Maybe a good thing for San Francisco, they didn't tamper with him when Miami did. But regardless, they didn't do that. They drafted Brock Purdy as Mr. Irrelevant, and they went with Trey Lance. And Garoppolo was kind of persona non grata until Lance got hurt, and then they needed him, okay? Then Garoppolo got hurt. So, obviously, they didn't draft him coming out of college. They didn't sign him. You know, way back when, when he was a free agent with the Patriots, so they've had all these sort of opportunities. But now, you know, now that they really are a quarterback away from getting over the hump and winning the NFC, I mean, that's really what they have lacked. And if they got to a Super Bowl with the right quarterback, they'd have a chance to win. If Tom Brady ever, ever wanted to be a San Francisco Forty Nine er in his heart of hearts, even now. I don't know what it'll do to his family life. It's a long, long way to uh, to the Bay Area and, and right there in San Mateo where he lives. But there are some things, aside from his being a part of that fraternity with Joe Montana and Steve Young and his boyhood team, he does have his whole family there. His mom and dad are there. They don't have to travel to see him play home games. What a gift for them, right, to say, hey, I'm coming home. You're going to see me play home games right here, uh, you know, just down the street. You know, uh, and, and when my kids do come, whenever that might be, uh, the few times that they might make it out there during the season, they've, they're surrounded by family. He's got someone to take care of him, right? When he's doing his football thing during the day. So he's got sisters, they've got aunts and uncles and all that. The extended family in California, this, this works, right? Like, I mean, other than, again, I don't know how you manage it when you got a son in New York and two and two in South Florida. And you're going to the West Coast, and I mean the West Coast in, in San Francisco can't be further away unless you went to Seattle. But if you could get past all that, if that was something that was manageable with your private jets and homeschooling, whatever they do, I don't know. This would be the time. I think the 49ers have had this discussion before, and I have to believe it's going to be a serious one now because even if you think Trey Lance is your future, you can still he can still benefit from one year of sitting behind the goat. And who knows if Tom Brady makes it through a whole season unscathed. Um, they used four quarterbacks this year. They could possibly lose, use more anyway. But forget about Purdy for now because you don't know what you're going to have. Plus, he's a rookie. Plus, you got him on a contract for three more years. I I think, I think don't know that the tea leaves are going to be any better than this, Steve. I really don't. If he's going to go to the 49ers, that window is there now. Not only that, but look at the 49ers schedule this year. At Washington,
2: at Pittsburgh, at Philly, a lot of East Coast trips. At Jacksonville, mm. at Pittsburgh, mm. their their road schedule is a lot of East Coast teams, a lot of teams close to New York or Jacksonville's in Florida.
1: Maybe he doesn't travel home with the team. Maybe he hangs Who out.
2: Who knows? Or but but if worst case, the family can come to him. You know, you're, sitting, you're sitting in Philly. His son can come see him play.
1: Yeah, you're you're in you're there on Saturday, yeah. and they're gonna, they're gonna come visit you. Yeah, at Washington,
2: they may in San Francisco may go out a day early too on Friday. But they yeah. always do. Yeah, you're going to the they East always Coast. Always go on Friday. You're they going to Philly. You're going to Washington. And DeBartolo and yeah. the team,
1: they will yeah. go. They will go to the East Coast. In fact, I'll give you one more. If there's back to back games on the East Coast, They'll they stay. go to West Virginia and stay there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have a, they they go up there and uh, and hang out. They don't go back to San Francisco. So you're right. That's a great that's a great point to make. That the team comes east, even if the even if the kids don't go west. Yeah, they're playing the, the AFC the North
2: east. and the NFC East as their division. Yeah,
1: and NFC East, I assume, does that mean Philly, Philly and Washington? Giants?
2: Philly and Washington are where they're at. Okay. Yeah, Giants
1: go Philly's there. Philly's right there by New York, where his son is. Yep. Not very far away. So neither is Washington, for that matter. Yep. Yeah. Well, it all seems to work to me. I Listen, and I've talked to no one, and I know nothing, and Tom hasn't said whether he's playing or not, and I still think Tampa works for him for all the reasons we've talked about on this podcast before. I'm not sure Miami is being totally honest when they say they're not going to pursue him or not expected to. He could always pick up the phone and say, hey, what if, you know, and, and you have the whole Tua situation with his concussions and, and all of that. But when you're talking about, what Tom has always wanted. Now, again, it's going to be up to John Lynch. Really, it's going to be up to the ownership. It's going to be up to Jed York. Mm-hmm. And I could see Jed York saying, listen, enough of this quarterback stuff. <laughs> right? Like, there's a dude that's a free agent, and I and we played against him, and they didn't win. We beat him up pretty good, but he can still spin it. And, and if we put our guy around that guy, who is, by the way, hasn't missed a game since he tore his ACL in 08, you know, our problem is we can't get a guy We can't get a guy through four or five games, much less a whole season. This dude doesn't miss games. So if you could do that, I, I'm pretty sure I, I, I know what a lot of people in his family would tell him to do. You know, go do it. Now, it's going to be ultimately up to Lynch and up to Shanahan and really up to Tom, who has the ultimate say. But I don't know that this could have worked out in a way that would make the 49ers have to really think about it.
2: It, it's intriguing. I mean, if, if you're Tom Brady, you, uh, you, how do you not consider? I mean, look, there's a lot of reasons to stay in Tampa Bay. And we've detailed Absolutely. that for weeks on this podcast. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, the last three years, it worked for him. Mm-hmm. You know, it has. He, he, he likes Tampa Bay. He loves the ownership. Mm-hmm. Loves the front office. Mm-hmm. They've done everything that he could ever have dreamt for them for him so it, it makes it hard sometimes to look at take your take your team doesn't Miami Las Vegas but San Francisco's different
1: it's absolutely it's home it's mm-hmm. home man there's only one home right like you have one home and his mom and dad are there and they're elderly saw him at the last game in Tampa they look like they were going to fall apart you know like that was his last game and look maybe it was I mean with you know in 5 minutes this conversation could be moot if he retires again cuz he says whatever he does this time he means it but to be able to play in front of your folks when they don't have to get on a plane at that age and some of them not in great health uh you know the last few years have his sisters around his extended family his nieces and nephews um you know I I saw how much it meant to him to go home this year they got the living crap knocked out of him, okay, and it was horrible for him. Uh, it was a terrible game. They had, you know, Mike Evans' touchdown call back for another Donovan Smith holding penalty, all that, and yet it, it meant so much for him to play there and and have all his friends and all the people he knows. What would it mean to play a season, right? If that if one game meant that much to him, what would his final season potentially mean to put on that uniform? be part of that legacy with Montana and Young, guys that he grew up rooting for, Um, all of that, that would be huge. I would think that would still be huge, you know. Grown man playing a boy's game, but that's that's his boyhood team. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting in a couple weeks, I'll tell you what. And, I, and, again, I don't know by the time, you know, the 49ers could decide there's no way we're going to go with a 46 year old quarterback over our young guys. You know, we gave up three number ones for Trey Lance. He got hurt. We believe in him. We don't think he's going to get hurt again. We got to give him this opportunity. This is what we invested for. This is why we drafted him. That's why we gave up all those picks for him. And Tom Brady for the, the the chance of one year just isn't worth it. That could be what they The decision they arrive at, but they do have a need for a quarterback. You can't convince me otherwise. And, they don't know when Brock Purdy's coming back, and they, and they really don't know how good Trey Lance is. So this is an opportunity to maybe do that. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Bucks and some of the salary cap casualties that they may have coming up and will have to release before they get to the start of the new league year. But first, I want to tell you guys how to save money, right? You're interested in that on your electric bill. It's called May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been operating uh, in the area and doing solar electric systems for a dozen years now. There's a lot of these companies out there, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of service protection for all your appliances. That is the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. So everybody up there, uh, those are Billy May's guys doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill or your long. Preserve the quality of your appliances. That's May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. There's a number of... Uh, players that the bucks need to consider cutting and the salary cap came out it was about what it was exactly what they expected everybody was thinking 225 million it's 224.8 that's the salary cap for next year it's gone up some 14 million i think over the previous year business is good (laughs) the nfl made more money and so they got to spend more on player costs uh, that's kind of what was baked into the cake already. The Bucks are still approximately fifty-five million or so over that number. That puts them thirty-first in the league in terms of cap space. Uh, they are in the red, and thirty-five point one million of that is dead money belonging to Tom Brady if he plays in San Francisco or elsewhere. If he retires, they can push twenty-four million of that thirty-five million onto twenty twenty-four. That will save them a good whopping twenty-four million dollars this year, which would be great but they don't know that he's going to retire. So um, they have to look at it as if they have to make other moves. They have 24 unrestricted free agents of their own. And the list is long and you know all the names. Uh, It includes Jamel Dean, a guy I would think they want back desperately. Levante David, if if he wants to play another year, Um, played very, very well. I would think they'd want him as well. Uh, And a bunch of other players that uh, they'd like to at least talk to, Sean Murphy Bunting and others. Mike Edwards, uh, a safety. So these are these are the guys they'd like to have. They have no money. So what do you do? Um, you know, the only constant in football is change. And there's going to be change, especially when you have an 8-9 season, even though you won the division, you know, got walloped by the Cowboys in the wild card round. Todd Bowles has already made changes on his coaching staff. You can bet he's going to make changes to his roster. And that's just part of the business, Right. So where do you save money? Where do you get this money? Well, one of the things you can do is start chopping away at some of your veteran players and guys that maybe aren't as productive as they used to be and they may carry a big cap number, but the savings by, by releasing them uh, could be more. Uh, and, and to give you an example, I think you start with Donovan Smith. And this is a tough one for me because left tackles don't grow on trees, man. I So many times people have... You know, really ridiculed Donovan and, you know, oh, he stinks, and this, that, and the other. First of all, he was unbelievable the year they won the Super Bowl. He wasn't that bad last year either. This year he hurt his elbow in week one, and I still maintain that for an offensive lineman, if you're limited in your range of motion or and or your strength in one of your arms, you're just not going to be able to hold up. I mean, I, I give him credit for going out there each week. He didn't miss that many games, and you're facing a much better athlete, some of the elite athletes in the NFL, week after week, and he's been very durable up until the injury that he had in Dallas. Um, But here's the thing. Last March, he signed a $31.8 million extension, and he had a bad year because of all the things we just mentioned. He was second in the NFL for the most accepted penalties, 12 for a league-high 100 yards of penalties. He had uh, two of his holding calls, negated touchdowns, took him off the scoreboard. Uh, he also allowed a team high six sacks, so he wasn't very good. In fact, uh, Pro Football Focus ranked him 69th out of 84 offensive tackles. But, but, uh, what do you do? Who's your left tackle now? People say, well, you could switch Tristan Wirfs over there. Could he play it? I absolutely believe he could play it. I think you're kind of risking, you know, something that isn't broken and is the best in the world, and that is Tristan Wirfs at right tackle. If he played there eight more years, he's going to go put on a gold jacket one day. I'm convinced of that. That's how good he is. Do you lessen his effectiveness by moving him to the left tackle? Not that he couldn't do it, because I think he can. I think he's that kind of athlete. Is he going to be as good? I don't know right away. Um, Maybe not ever, but, you know, again, you have an all-pro the best in the game at right tackle. Do you really want to move him and try to cover Donovan Smith? That's one of the questions they have to answer. Um, but you could do that, and there, you know there's some other guys that are candidates for right tackle, including Luke Getteky, who played right tackle in college. It might be more, you know, more his position. If you release Smith, if you're the Bucks and you release Smith, uh, you save nine point nine five million dollars. Because you subtract his salary cap hit for 2023, which is 17.9 million, from the dead cap value, which is 7.95 million, and then that's the savings of 9.95 million. He's going to be 30 in June. And this is, I would think, the way he's played his last contract in Tampa. Signed a couple of them at this point. So you know you got to use the draft, free agency, whatever you can do to try to rebuild your offensive line. Anyway, that's an easy chunk. That's a big chunk. Um, of these veterans we're going to mention. Another one, Leonard Fournette. Look, he's 28. Um, He was visiting the Patriots when Brady unretired. Brady called him, says, what the hell are you doing up there? All of that. And that was before the team drafted Rashad White, who became the starter about halfway through the year, took that job from Leonard Fournette. And really, you know, he's here because Brady trusts him. I mean, that, you know, the whole Super Bowl run, playoff landing, Lombardi lending, all of that. I think that the problem is this. Even though he caught passes, like he's a better receiver than he was a runner this year. He caught 73 passes. It wasn't for much yardage and only three touchdowns. He gets paid to run the football. I mean, you're not hiring running backs specifically as receivers. So having said that, he only averaged 3-5 in an attempt. I mean, 3-5. You can say, well, the offensive line was better. Okay, what about the last two years? Over the last two years, he's averaging less than fifty yards a game. Does that sound like a seven million dollar running back? It just isn't. Um, and again, I'm not trying to take the guy's money. I like Lenny a lot, especially personally. But I think if they're looking to save money, running back being a position where you know it's plug and play for a lot of guys, is that is that a spot they could save some money? So here's what they can save: three and a half million, not a ton, right? By the time you take the cap hit and whatnot, but it's, you know, on a team that's looking for more speed, that's not necessarily his best trait. Go quickly through the other ones. Cam Brait, 31. I think this is the end of the road for him. And I mean in Tampa, I don't know what he's going to do with the rest of his career. He's one of the best stories in the NFL, one of the greatest guys I've ever covered, undrafted free agent out of Harvard, makes his way onto the roster. Get this. Here's a guy that's – this will be his 10th season coming up. He has 33 touchdown catches, and that already ranks third all-time in franchise history behind only Mike Evans and one behind Jimmy Giles. That's incredible to me for a guy that was never really the number one tight end option you know, for all the years he was here. They drafted Kate Otten. They drafted Coquifed. Um Otten played 70% of the snaps anyway. Gronk had said something about coming back if Brady was here. I, I just don't know that there's much for Brady to do. He played 11 games. He caught only 20 balls. Uh, his his only touchdown catch came in a playoff game. Might be the last touchdown pass that Tom Brady throws, which is pretty ironic. But you cut him, you save $2 million. Again, not a ton. Ryan Suckup would be another guy. We already heard from Todd Bowles talk about how, you know, he needs somebody that can kick 50-yard field goals. Suckup was two of seven. 50 yards or longer. That's 20 – I think that's worst among the 24 kickers who attempted at least five of those. And he's due to make – and this is a this is a no-brainer to me. He's due to make 3.75 million, and none of it's guaranteed. So you cut him, you get 3.75 million on the cap. The one I'm not sure about, and I put this in in, in a story in the Tampa Times on Tampa.com, is Russell Gage. It's at least got to be a conversation, right? He signed a three-year $30 million deal from the Falcons, thinking he'd be the number three wide out, wide out option. And then then they signed Julio Jones after that. Julio was hurt. He was hurt. Gage battled all these hamstrings trains. He played in 13 games. He had only 50 catches, 51 catches for 426 yards, five touchdowns. That's an 8.4-yard average. That's not much production. Um, they can walk away from the deal scot Scott Free after after 2024, but you don't have Scotty Miller and you don't have Leo Jones, so you, you don't have many numbers of receivers that you probably want back. That would be the one reason to bring him back um, and so they can hang on to him for another year. If they cut him, they save $2.8 million on the salary cap. Those, those are all guys that – you know, those are some pretty big names. I mean, these are guys that had big Super Bowl contributions, obviously. And um especially playoff Lenny. So I don't know. What do you think, Steve? Would you would you part with uh with the Donovan Smith at this point? Just hope you find a left tackle?
2: Well, I think they just need to sign the left handed quarterback
1: and then Tristan Wirfs is protecting the blind side. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? I mean, really. I mean, jeez. You make it sound so simple. All we need, all all the Bucks have needed all this time is Chris Sims. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then it solves your problem there. Yeah, you know, I used to drive. They used to drive Gruden crazy, man, because it is true. Like when you have a left-handed quarterback, you have to in your head reverse everything, mm-hmm. the handoffs to play all this stuff. And he's like, ah, I can't stand this left-handed quarterback, man. It screws me up. Everything that's right is left, and left is right. He just hated it. Um. But yeah, no, that's uh that's one way of doing it. Here's the I thing suppose. about Donovan Smith,
2: and it was remember when he signed his free agent deal? Yeah. Maybe they overpaid. Yeah. But he was the best free agent left tackle on the market. No doubt. I mean, nope, no doubt. The best ones don't get to free agency. Uh no. So, if they you're don't. going to get rid of Donovan Smith, who are you putting mm-hmm. in that place and are they better or just yeah that, or the same but cheaper and and yeah you know is it key? is it moving worse i mean is worse at left tackle better than donovan smith probably
1: he at could probably point. do it at better. this point yeah at this point yeah
2: but then what are you going to do your right tackle right you know
1: it, a lot easier to find a right tackle in football sure. i think um, sure. it's more of a run blocking position if you have a right handed quarterback most teams run to the right more than they do to the left um, but for whatever reason you know, I mean Tristan. Again, I hate to. I would hate to take somebody. You know, you've got a great painter, right, Da Vinci, and you go, okay, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Now you can only paint with your left hand. I mean, he'd still probably be one a damn good artist. He might not be, you know, what he was.
2: Um, but but so let, let and this is the the devil's advocate of it or whatever. Yeah, Tristan Wirfs being the best right tackle in the game. Hmm. You can argue it, but he's up there for sure.
1: Well, he was all pro a year ago, so that makes him the best. Yeah.
2: Is your offensive line better with the best, let's say, the best right tackle in the game Mm -hmm. or one of the best left
1: tackles at the game protecting the blind spot? Yeah. I mean, if you told me he was a top five, top, top, even top 10 left tackle, and I could find a right tackle that won't be the best, but he'll Mm -hmm. be better than what Donovan Smith was on the other side. Yeah, overall, you're a better offensive line. I mean, and, and you have someone on on uh, on your roster
2: already that has played right tackle in college. Luke you actually Cattake. do.
1: That's correct. Yeah, Luke Luke Luke. That was his position. Mm-hmm. And so you know he struggled at guard, and you mm-hmm. put him at left guard at that. So you you actually screwed him up by moving him from left to right. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. And so if you moved him back to right right the right side of the line, not only that, but if you move him to tackle, which is what he's used to playing, maybe he becomes a player. Right, maybe he, mm-hmm. maybe that's the thing is he's out of position. So yeah, you got you know offensive line is no different than peewee ball. You look at it and you say, how do I get my best five guys? How do I get my best five guys on the field regardless of position? Like, can I can I shuffle the deck, cross train some of these guys and say, hey, I got to have my, you know, if my my third tackle is better than my two guards and my center, I got to find a place for him. You know, I just do. I got to play my best five. That's the way every football coach thinks from Pee Wee, Pop Warner on, and and they find a way to do it. I've, I've seen it. My son played offensive mm-hmm. line when he was 10, 10, 11, and 12, as a matter of fact. Um, but so The, the other I've, part I've of putting Tristan Wirfs at left tackle
2: is how much more does it open up the offense? Because this year you had to constantly put a tight end or have the running back blocking on your left side this year.
1: Or in the times they didn't, they paid for it. Well, yeah, but I mean, in order
2: to to have any time in the pocket.
1: Yeah, you had to count for him, yes. If you can
2: put Mm -hmm. Tristan Wirfs on the blind side right, and not have to have help there, yes, maybe you have to have some help on the right side, but that's where the quarterback's looking. Yeah, yeah, you can see that. You know, how much better does that make your offense? How much better does that improve... The options you have because you don't, you know, the quarterback seeing what's there, and you are not having to to spend a tight end, a, a running back, whatever on right. your
1: on your left side helping. Well, and if he's if he's sound, I mean, here is the thing: think about okay, a hundred yards in penalties, man, a mm-hmm. hundred yards that's a lot. That's a accepted. Penalties. That was the most in the NFL. Yeah, accepted, accepted penalties. Yeah, the accept right not there was more than that, but the accepted penalties. And then to have two touchdowns taken off the board, it's a killer. It's an mm-hmm. absolute killer. So, you know, you think about those big plays and big moments and big games. If you get those, then it's absolutely worth doing. Um, and again, I don't know that the Bucks have approached him about it. He's willing to do whatever they want him to. But yeah, it, I, look, Donovan's not going to get another contract after this from the Bucks. He's going to be thirty, um, and I I'm fully. Willing to give him, you know, all the credit in the world for going out there and playing with one arm all season. Well, and that's the yeah. other question: is
2: how much of was his play this year a result of that that injury?
1: It had to be a lot, right?
2: And, well, it, had it, to, it has to be. But I mean, what do the Bucks think? And that? Well, that's all that matters. You know, if all if matters. he has the off season and it gets and that elbow is going to get healthy, yeah. do they think he's going to be playing closer to twenty twenty one or hopefully twenty twenty? Yeah, you know, the way he played that determines Here's that too. I mean. You know, yeah. they know the extent of his injury and how much it impacted and affected his game more than we do. Right. We're speculating. We're guessing. We know we know it had an impact. He mentioned it. You can see it did. To what extent or where his skill level is now that he's almost 30, you know, that's what they have to determine.
1: Yeah, I mean, th- th- those are all good questions, and and, you know, it's you have to make tough choices Mm -hmm. you know that's the thing about this game like i you know you can say we're 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 reloading you can say we're not rebuilding the fact of the matter is that every team goes through this right every Mm -hmm. team has to has to clean up their mess right you gotta go in the cabinet take out the it's like that commercial with like we got an amp problem and it's aunt betty and you know she's going through the cabinet expired expired like you have to do that stuff right as a football team you have to do that this is the oldest team in the nfl and not just because Tom Brady was the oldest quarterback ever, um, but they're they're the oldest team, and they need to get younger. And it's still a young man's game, and you need to get faster. I mean, the the teams that are playing, you know, in, on Super Bowl Sunday, they both have guys that can fly, um, and you got to get better on both sides of the line. These these two teams, this is going to be a blood and guts type Super Bowl, man. With these two teams now, the, the, the warfare in the trenches is going to be real mm-hmm. on both sides, and. You know, you you have to bring that physicality and that sort of protection to your quarterback. They both have great quarterbacks, of course. They both are mobile, too. But you have to have that to make it to a Super Bowl these days. And, you know, so they're going to have to find that physicality somewhere, add to it, get five better guys out there than they had last year. Now, listen, Jensen's coming back, you would assume, because he played the final game. That's going to be huge. You know, does, does Robert... Keynesy then then become one of your guards. And he's certainly going to compete for it, right? Um he he might be that guy that's you know, plays where Getekee was gonna play. Um and so, you know, you'll have you'll have a better mix because of Jensen coming back, assuming his knee is good and he can go and all that stuff. But And you may take um, an offensive
2: lineman with your first or second round pick. This I was gonna year say
1: too. your your first pick at nineteen overall, if there's a good old lineman there, mm-hmm. I mean if, it, if there's This run of bona fide, you know, or even move up. You know, they moved up for Tristan Wirfs. Mm -hmm. Tristan Wirfs was not going to fall to them. And San Francisco made the deal. And they agreed that they wanted Brandon Ayuk, but they looked at Wirfs and they knew he was good. Uh, I wonder if they'd do that again. But they did make the deal for the Bucs, so the Bucs may have to move up from 19. But, yeah, absolutely. If I was just, what are my needs? I need a tackle, you know. I need an offensive lineman. I mean wasn't that what the whole thing we talked about all last year? Was that the offensive line didn't give Brady time, they couldn't run the ball, they couldn't run the ball, they couldn't run the ball. Well, this is a chance to, you know, to try to fix that problem. So um yeah, I think I, I think Donovan it's gonna be a tough decision, but that's the most money they can save is nine point nine five million for any any singular player that I can think of that's a starter right now. So that's that's huge. Some other news for the Bucks today Todd Munkin will meet with uh, Todd Bowles, Jason Light. I'm not sure where. That could be in Tampa. That could be hell. They could be up in Mobile, Alabama, for all I know. But that meeting's supposed to happen. Of course, Munkin had that position, had this job before in 2018 under Dirk Cutter, did it for three years, called plays for one. Been at Georgia the last two years, won a couple of national championships. He also interviewed for the Baltimore Ravens. And that would be the one that I would be leery of if I were a Bucks fan, even though. Um, I think he's going to be high on their list. But, you know, the Ravens with a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, MVP-type player, a very stable coaching situation with John Harbaugh, that might be more attractive for someone like Monk if he's going to make that move from Georgia where he's you know already the highest-paid assistant coach in the country at $2.1 million. It's going to cost a team probably close to $3 million, I would imagine. So I don't know if he's going to take it, be offered it, what's going to happen. I think the Bucks probably make a decision this week. You know, I don't know who else they're going to interview, but they've, they've had a number of guys through here that, uh, and, and, you know, some of them might decide they don't want the job or told them they don't want the job. I don't know. But I think they have some pretty good candidates to choose from that they're happy with at least. And maybe before long, maybe before the end of the week, we'll have an offensive coordinator. We know one who will not be the offensive coordinator. That's Kellen Moore. Yeah. He
2: was out of work for, what, all of 12 hours or something?
1: <laughs> something like that. Yeah. He's going yeah, no, to the Chargers
2: than... as their offensive coordinator. Apparently they've been talking for a week. They've had permission
1: to talk because it was apparent yeah. that the Cowboys and Kellen Moore were going to part ways. So, Yeah. I think it's a great move for Moore. I think it's a terrible move for McCarthy, but he, I guess if he's going to go down, he's going to go down his own way. He may call plays himself, you know, but if you're Kellen Moore and, and you know, you, you've got, uh, you know, just a great quarterback to work for in Justin Herbert. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think, and I, and I like what Moore did. I mean, the bucks certainly should have been and would have been interested there was a report last night that they were uh, expected to be well yeah they have an offensive coordinator opening and this guy you know hung like 31 on them but so obviously they would have been interested but yeah that deal i think was probably talked about done a while ago and um, they finally made it official official so he's off to the chargers so that's one less you know a lister that the Bucks can talk to, but I do think that they'll probably have one here coming up pretty short order. Cause they still got to hire a running backs coach, a quarterbacks coach. Um, you know, there, there's a number of positions on that offensive staff. They got rid or retired, either fired or, or retired nine assistants, some of which won't be replaced at all. Um, but the as sooner as you get an offensive coordinator in, he can pick a quarterbacks coach or decide to coach the quarterbacks himself. Now uh, that's why Clyde Christensen isn't here. So, you know, all that should happen uh, happen fairly quickly. Finally, and uh, if you want to ask us questions about this, we can get into it more this week, but uh, Mayor Welch in St. Petersburg picked the group uh, for the development that included the Tampa Bay Rays. You would think on the surface that that bodes well for them building a stadium um, in and around where Tropicana Field is now, and that might secure the Rays' future. So it's a good development. I'd still – I would say this, and uh, I, was t- I was talking to Tom Jones about this because you know it—it it ends up being a subject Who? on radio and Who? yeah, that guy, TJ. Um, it ends up being a subject on radio and stuff, but it's like my our whole thing would be kind of like, yeah, I know you don't even need to call in. I'm not going to ask for callers because oh, you all just want the stadium in your backyard. We get it, but you know what? Until somebody sticks a shovel in the ground, there's nothing to talk about, man. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah, good. The development, yay. Okay, how are you paying for it? You know, who's paying for it? What? When are they going to break ground? Like break ground, wake me up. I'll come out of my coma, and I'll and I'll observe the new stadium. But uh, until then, it's just you know, it's it's a step, and it's probably a step that the Rays like a lot since they're kind of in control of that development. But again, you know, you got to make this thing be brick and mortar, and I I don't I don't know how that's going to occur, but it is. It is positive, especially if you're in the city of St. Petersburg and you want to keep the Rays. And the owners have had worse ideas like Montreal, so who are we complaining about? Uh, If you want to send your mailbag questions in, you can do that. Of course, as always, we get those coming in all week long. We'll probably do a number of them one day this week. Uh, You can do that by sending them to us on Twitter at SportsStateTV. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. My email address is rstroud.com. At Tampa Bay.com. Thanks for all the letters, by the way. Um, I wrote a story about Clyde Christensen that was in the Sunday paper. It's been online for several days now. Um, he's a terrific guy, terrific coach. Has a lot of anecdotal stories to tell. Really got into what Brady went through last year. If you haven't had a chance to read it, do so, and then you'll find out about his personal story. Um, who you know, a guy who was adopted, um, spent many, many years, and then and then actually reconnected with his adopted uh, with his uh, natural birth mother. Um, so it's a, it's a it's a great tell. He tells it very well, um, and I spent a lot of time with him. So check that out on TampaBay.com and in the Tampa Bay Times. And thanks for for all the kind words that you guys have been sending uh, sending my way. All right, so we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. For Steve Bursting, I'm Rick Strada of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.